It's time to craft your winning plan. You're listening to Scaling Up with host Tim Maitland, where industry experts in sales and business deliver the insights you need to step up your game. Let's scale up. Welcome to the very first episode of Scaling Up with Tim. I'm your host, Tim Maitland, and thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of our show. That's right, episode one of what could be a million. On this podcast, we are going to talk about all things sales, all tips, all tricks, all ways that we can be better with our salesmanship and how we can truly grow our business with the information that we need to do so. On this very first episode, I'm a very, very big fan of our guest. Uh, He knows more about video production than anybody I've ever met. He's done literally probably 5,000 video productions here alone at his time at market scale. He's our senior video director, Josh Brummett. Josh, thanks for tuning in today. How are you? I'm doing good, Tim. Excited to be here. Hey, I'm so excited you're here. You're guest number one. Guess it feels good. Guess number one. He got I got a you know big shoes to fill now. So hey, I, I've got big shoes to fill. I mean, I've I've seen your show, heard your show, and I'm gonna have to ask you for tips on uh, how to manage this one. Follow your lead. Yeah, it's funny as the podcast experience has been different because you know I'm us- usually behind the camera rolling, but you know now I'm kind of like right there in the spotlight. And uh, you know I've been interviewing people for a long time, but it just feels a little bit different to be live recording a podcast though. You know, so right. it's fun though. And then when you're the guest, when you're used to hosting one and you're a guest, it's almost like when somebody drives your car and you're in the passenger seat. Hey, it's kind of nice sometimes. <laughs> all the pressure's on you, man. It's all oh, on you. there we go. There we go. Well, uh, before we dive into this topic that I know everybody in sales really wants to hear and, and really get better at, uh, we're going to play a fun game. We're going to play this or that. Josh, I know you're a, a big movie buff. So uh, really the area of the game, I've selected a few movies that are produced and directed by the same director, and you have to pick as quickly as you can which one you prefer. All right, let's do it. All right, for fun, we'll say 10 seconds on the clock, even though there's no points. All right, put 10 seconds on the clock. All right, Titanic or Avatar? Titanic. E.T. or Jaws? E.T. Forrest Gump or Back to the Future? Forrest Gump. Interstellar or Inception? Interstellar. Raging Bull or Departed? Departed. Armageddon or Transformers 1? Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, 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 and there goes the bell. What's interesting is All But One was the first pick in the first movie you would say, but like generally those are, yeah, those are the best. Those are good movies. I had to throw in uh, Transformers and uh, <laughs> Michael Bay. I, yeah. I had like Scorsese in there and yeah. uh, Zemeckis and uh, James Cameron. And I was like, funny. let's throw in some uh, Michael Bay, the special effects guru. Hey, those are some of my favorites, though. Those are some good movie options. Which one's your favorite of all those? Oh, man. You know, I, I've when I was a kid, I used to go to the library and I would just sit there and read books on, books on space and black holes. I would just nerd out on that. So when I watched Interstellar, and even though it's not the most realistic movie in the world, I thought that that was not only visually very cool, but also just very conceptual. And I'm just a big Nolan fan. And uh, that'd probably be my favorite out of those whole list of movies. Yeah, you know, it's pretty special. And uh, spoiler alert, so uh, turn the sound down here for the next 30 seconds if you haven't watched it. Did you guess that he was behind the bookcase that entire time? No, I I honestly... Sometimes something I try to do when I'm watching movies is I'm so used to like analyzing content every day 
that when I watch a movie, I try not to let myself like try to figure it out and I try not to overanalyze everything. I try to just be in the moment and watch it for what it is because the problem is if I try to do all that, I feel like I kind of end up ruining the movie for myself and I kind of want to just see it from like a, I don't know, just really be in the moment and I never really try to think about, try to figure it out, you know? You just want to get lost in the story. I do and it always pains me when a movie does blatantly make you feel like you see something like, oh crap, that cut was bad. Now I'm out of the moment, you know, so... Yeah, no, I can imagine with you being a an expert. Uh, I imagine you pick up on those little things that can derail a whole movie for you. Yeah, so I, I try not to let myself do that. Oh, I get that. Well, you know, speaking of of storytelling in movies, uh, you know, a big part of selling is is really storytelling. And, you know, we're so captivated to being able to watch stories, right? It's why we love streaming content in our free time, why we love watching movies. We get lost in it. And one of the greatest channels that a sales team can use to sell is video. And there's obviously no shock to that, right? We've been using video and B2B for years to, to describe and, and educate pro around products. But, you know, when you look at COVID, a lot has changed, Josh, where it's no longer just the on-site video production or heck, in some cases, you can't even do on-site video production right now. So video has been able to truly transform in this period. You know, as a video leader and literally doing, you know, probably about a thousand different video productions a year, how do you see B2B sales teams using video today outside of the typical on-site company video experience? Yeah. And Tim, I want to start with one quick thing and basically say, you know, what makes a good piece of video content? And I will say that ads are dead. You know, if you are making an ad type video and you're trying to make a commercial to really just push what your product is immediately, people are going to get turned off by that. You see ads all online, you see it everywhere you go, and people immediately just turn their brains off and they skip it. So what you really have to do is you have to be able to tell a story. You have to basically have a piece of content that, you know, that brings up what the conflict is. You know, what what can you, how do you relate to people? People want to have a, a product that solves their problems, you know? So you have to basically outline what the conflict is. You have to very then say, you know, here's the resolution and here's why our company is solving that resolution, but make it about your customer, make it about your viewer. And I think a lot of the content that I think works focuses around that. And that can go into anything you do, whether it's on-site video, live broadcast, even remote recording, or any other type of piece of content, animation even, as long as you're going back to that kind of thought, you're going to have a successful piece of content that people will actually watch. Because you're not trying to throw it in their face, you're trying to solve their problems and explain why. So um, I know a big thing for COVID for us is moving over into more remote recording and live broadcast. And we had done a little bit of that in the past, but you know, when COVID hit, we had to just make the transition, pull the plug, and say, you know, people can't go on site anymore. And, you know, it's, we're not going to be able to go on site for a good while. It's too risky for our clients. It's too risky for our employees. And uh, we got to have a product that still gets all this message across in a great light. And one of that, those big answers is live broadcast. What's interesting about live broadcast is you can do a lot of the same things. You can explain all your product. You can get people excited about your product and your services. But you don't have to actually be there filming B-roll. Because in the end, having a good conversation, like a roundtable conversation about, you know, some thought leadership, whether it's your service or just the industry in general, you're still getting that soundbite and you're still getting that story over to people. 
and you're getting actually even more. I mean, I I watch 20 minute, 30 minute conversations all the time. And even then, even if it's video or audio, I'm listening to that stuff in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. I listen to that stuff in the car and uh, I, I listen to it during lunch. And I want to know more about the industry and these roundtable style conversations, what, you know, especially live is great. And um, I think people often kind of miss, miss, you know, don't think about that as being that great. But Apple, for example, I don't think Apple would be who they are today if they didn't do their twice yearly broadcast. I mean, those things are the coolest broadcast in the world. I mean, millions of people watch that every single time. I mean, we put it up in our office and people come in and out, you know, and watch those because they're not only they're well done, but they're they're getting the whole world hyped about a new product. And there is no reason that any of these B2B companies we work with can't have their own Apple style broadcast can't have their own excitement and drive over their products for their industry, you know? And I think that that's what we're really trying to show our clients is, is they can be the Apple of their, of their brand. They can have this energy for their product releases. And if you think about it, it's really selling at the ultimate scale, right? You have a product being demonstrated. You're, you're presenting it in an extremely powerful way with a bunch of AV solutions helping amplify the experience. And like you said, you have a million potential customers, in Apple's case, tuning in and watching. And it's like the, the best QVC of all time. Yeah, you know, it, it broadcasts us a few things. One, it builds a little bit of a momentum. It builds excitement. It feels good, like you're there. You're one of the first to see this happening or the first to hear this conversation. So there's a little bit more of, a, of an ability for people to actually watch the whole thing. Because you're there, you've dedicated the time to show up, you're excited, you want to comment and interact with people in the chat, and there's a little bit of more of a community around that. And you get to learn more about it. I mean, if you could ask, you know, anybody at Apple when you're watching their broadcast a question over chat and them answer back, I mean, how huge would that be? I have questions on the time of the, on people's products when I watch these broadcasts, but sometimes they're so big I won't get a response back. But our platform and how we do it you can ask those detailed questions and our team is able to respond back or the client's team. And so that's an awesome part of it. The second part of it is you still get a lot of information. There's a whole mixture of entertainment and education. You know, what better way for to have a piece of content to not only educate your, your viewers, but entertain them as well. I mean, by doing fun games, by, by doing, you know, B-roll and, and promos and all these things around inside the broadcast, you can have your audience have fun and be kind of a part of it. You can do giveaways, you know, things like that. But you can also have these conversations that help people understand how it works, to see how it works. And so you get the best of both worlds on that. And even then, after the broadcast is over, all that content still lives on. It can be cut up into pieces. It can be played whole. So then you not only get your deliverables that you want on your website and social, but then you get all the ex extra attention and hype from the actual event itself. You know, you really do. And, you know, what do you say to the companies that when they think, you know, Apple broadcast, you know, they say, well, we're not Apple, we're not as big, we're not as fun, we're not as exciting. You know, how can every company adopt the idea of going live, even if it's simply, you know, we're in the world of canceled trade shows right now, you know, explain a little bit about how every company can do it and how it's even a great medium to be able to present, you know, the trade show experience where you're normally selling at a booth to an audience right there. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, we used to frequent the, you know, trade shows a lot, and you would see just people talking. You know, you'd have every booth happens usually has at least one event where they have someone speaking over their what their product is, doing demos. There's a lot of interactive stuff. When you're walking by, you you may only see 30, 40 people watching those things, even if that. And sometimes our broadcast, you may have 50 people, but those are 50 people that are in your industry, interested in your product, that are targeted. And it's crazy. We see we see people actually have live, like on the chat saying, that this is awesome, I want to buy your product, where do I learn more, right there during the show. And I think that's the power of it is, because you can have that same trade show experience virtual. You can demo the product. You can, you can see the people, have your sales team talking about the product, explaining it right there. You can have people ask questions and you can answer them live. You know, so you get that whole feeling of seeing it, experiencing it, and it being able to get more information all at once. And it really does replicate the whole, what you actually get out of a trade show. You're just not physically there. It's a digital experience. And I think people need to start opening up their minds just thinking that they can get the same amount of results by not spending a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars at a trade show booth, but still get a lot of sales and a lot of value out of a live event. Yeah, you know, I I heard a CEO literally say that verbatim to me once. Uh, they they completed a live product release, and instead of doing it at a big you know user conference that they normally do, where they invite their top customers, they invite their dealers from all around the world, and you know it costs them almost a million dollars to do that, uh, and they're on a beach somewhere. He said uh, they just simply went live this year. And they had uh, 7,000 people, I believe, tuning in, watching them live compared to an event that they almost spent a million dollars on that about 700 people normally go to. And I can't think of a more monumental shift for a CEO or any executive or any marketer to trade in that big budget for exposure with, you know, 700 to 1,000 people to a live channel that you own, which is essentially free with literally 10x the audience. I mean, what a pivot. I mean, that that's really it. I mean, the capabilities are are infinite. You know, your your who you reach out to is is you can reach out to people all around the world, you know? And um and there's no limitations on space, there's no limitations on the size of your room. It's all online and you know, how you promote it and the content you give them is all that matters. And if you promote it well and you use your channels correctly, I mean, you're going to get a huge show. And even if you don't get the numbers that you would love to on your first show, the really cool thing is, is this is something that you you build up. You know, I guarantee you Apple didn't have probably, probably didn't even have more than a thousand people on their first show way back in the day. I mean, it's very possible they had very few people, but they were consistent and they kept doing it and they're able to build a, a, a channel and they're able to build a community that was obsessed with their product and crazy about it but it took them time and it took them innovation. And I believe that our companies and our clients can do the exact same thing with consistency and 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 really believing in the in the product because it works. It really does. And, you know, a lot of sales teams like to say, you know, I can't get my clients' hands on my products anymore. If I could just get their hands, if I could just get them to see it in the room with them, right? You hear that a lot. I know marketers ex- express that their sales team loves A, selling on relationships and B, allowing them to see the product. How can video really be used now more creatively than ever to where sales teams can literally say, hey, scan this, do this, watch this, and the product's essentially 
in the room with that potential customer. Yeah. So this is where the, you know, we get some really powerful stuff that we've been working on lately. And that's uh, two things, 3D animation and AR. So AR is the is ultimate and experiential kind of content where, you know, we can give you guys a small little QR code and then you can scan it on any device, iOS or Android, and it pops up a web a web browser that just takes access from your camera and it's able to post put that product anywhere in a room, on a table, anywhere on a flat surface. So for example, we did a uh, an AR project with a company that makes uh, X-ray units and they're huge. And a lot of doctors in their offices were concerned that these X-ray units would fit inside of their current offices or see how they would fit. And so we were able to give them this AR this AR QR link. They're able to scan it with their phones, put it in their space, and then it would actually pop up true to size and and they could see how it looks. And then they could even click a little button and it would actually animate and show how the unit works and how it how it functions. And uh, that was really cool. And clients love that because if you have a product that you kind of have to control, it be it becomes a part of a space, you want to be able to see that and you want to see how it works. And so AR does just that. The other thing we can do is you can embed 3D models on a website that can rotate and spin around. And we can add animation and button functionality where you can click a little button that, that does a part of the demo. And you can see how that works and how it interacts. And you can do things like explode the product apart to see the components and to see the detail behind it. You can put it all back together. You know, there's a lot of things you can do with 3D that you can't just do with video. And adding these more interactive, experiential elements is it makes it to where people can really have the product right there in front of them without actually being there. Especially during times with COVID, I mean, people can't come to your facility and tour the product, send it to them, let them do it from their own home. It's It feels great. It really does. And, you know, this sort of content, 3D, AR, do you think it's more important now than ever because of COVID and the remote world we live in? Or do you think this time has now just highlighted the importance of having this? And this is a staple that every sales team needs to use forever here on out because of all the benefits that it can bring. I think 3D and AR has always been a very important part because they all they have their own neat, you know, niche capabilities, you know. There's always a time for AR, there's always a time for 3D because it shows how things work and it gives you a little bit of different flavor than just traditional video. I think COVID accelerated people adopting 3D more. I mean, if you look on your commercials on TV, very, I mean, people are still struggling to get on-site shoots done. Most of the commercials you see are either using stock video or they're done with animation. And uh, I think people are adapting animation more because you can really, the sky's the limit. You can do infinite amount of things with 3D and uh, AR. And I, and I think that people are adapting that more and it should just be another tool in your belt to give people content that's just uh, able to sell and show how your product works and why it's the best in the business. And you know something that fires me up, uh, when I log into LinkedIn, I'll see some sales reps doing this and it's just exciting to see is sometimes just using video so just pure authentic like just pure authenticity like pu purely authentic where they'll grab their iphone they'll just do a little selfie video and they will talk about a frequently asked question that they get around a product or they will answer an industry innovation or industry trend you know i think it's become so normal for us to engage in content that way because you know in our personal lives we're watching snapchat we're watching instagram live with our friends and we're seeing what they're doing and when companies 
can bring that authenticity to their brand where a sales rep stands in front of that product and just showcases it or an engineer even, you know, answers a frequently asked question. How can marketers and sales teams use just the power of authenticity through, you know, selfie videos or webcam videos to answer important questions and to get their voice heard? Yeah, you know, it's funny as a video guy, you know, when we produce content for clients, my my instinct for a long time was always the highest quality, you know, how let's get the best equipment, the best sound, the best effects, all this stuff. But in reality, it doesn't really matter. And it matters even less today than it did even four or five years ago. People are so used to iPhone type video. They're used to webcam video. And in, in, in reality, the quality doesn't matter. I mean, there is no link to production quality and people and retaining viewers. You know, there really isn't. And what you need is you need authentic content you need authentic stories and you need people just being real. And, it, and like I mentioned before in, in the beginning of this is you have to be explaining to clients why you're resolving their problems. You need to connect with them, explain, you know, explain your why, and you're going to have content that connects with people. They want to hear stories. They want to hear how you're going to help them on their journey. And if your content, whether it's you on an iPhone recording yourself and explaining you know, your engineering team or explaining some, some things or explaining just thought leadership in general, you're going to build a brand, you're going to build a channel, and you're going to have people understand and like what, who you are, what your company stands for, and people are going to appreciate it a whole lot more than even just a well-produced commercial. They say authenticity is the new technicals. Do you agree? I agree, man. I mean, people will watch, you know, look at TikTok. I mean, people will watch these videos that are you know, honestly kind of crappy. It's compressed. It's on phones, but it could be a guy talking about business tips and people will watch that more than they'll watch, you know, a, a super produced video for, for, I mean, who like Audi or something, you know, I'll go to Vimeo and see, or YouTube and see a thousand views on this badass video. And I'll be so impressed. And then I'll go and see like a TikTok video about this guy talking about how he's like, you know, giving like five business tips. And it's like, and it's like the guy's authentic and he has really good tips. And then the audio video is trying to explain the future of car making, but then no one really cares because people want to connect with people. They want to have that authenticity. And that's what sells right now. It does. And it part of it, I think, is because it's real. Um, it, it's real. It, it's human. And, you know, you speak about Audi and, and the future of their cars. And that example, if you made a prediction for video in 2021, what is the video prediction? What's going to be the next big thing you see sales and marketing teams using that hasn't really been on the radar right now in B2B? I think you're going to see a, a lot of remote content. So you're going to continue to see people recording on, on like webcams and doing this kind of more like iPhone, almost like user-generated content. You're going to see a lot of user-generated content intermingled with, you know, you know text and, and music and things like that. You're going to see a lot of animation and then honestly, you're going to see a lot of companies doing their own shows and having their own broadcasts and building their own channels that way. I think those are going to be the three big things you'll see in content in 2021 because there's been early adopters, but people are, are I, I see it building more every day. So I think that's going to be huge. All right. Well, you heard it here first. We'll have to come back uh, in a year, Josh, and uh, <laughs> see if your prediction was right and have you give another prediction for uh, 2022. Which All right. Is crazy well, to think. Game. <laughs> Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much uh, for, for coming in, Josh. And uh, anytime uh, you want to come back on, just let us know. We'd love to have you. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much.
Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the first episode. Hope you're able to take away a lot of information around video. If you have any questions ever, please feel free to reach out to Tim at marketscale.com or marketscale itself. Like this podcast, subscribe to this podcast. And if you want to be a guest or have any topics that you want to hear, please reach out to the show. We would love to hear your feedback. But until then, happy selling, and we'll talk with you next time.